Good morning, everybody. Everyone doing all right? Good. You know, here we, like these, these days, you always heard about growing up, you know, extend the right hand of fellowship to your brother or sister. Well, we got to extend the right elbow of fellowship these days. That's all right. We're going to get through this time. We're going to get through this season, and, and God's going to be good, and he's going to take care of all of us. Uh, there's a lot of folks that want to say, preach about doom and gloom, uh, you know, and even try to associate this as this is a plague God sent to cleanse the earth or what. It, it, it's, look, e- even if someone wants to argue something crazy like that, you know, when, when, the, when the Lord did send the plagues to Egypt, the children of Israel were actually protected over in an area called Goshen. And while the plagues were taking place in Egypt, his people were thriving in Goshen. So even in the midst of craziness, which I don't believe that the Lord has caused this to happen uh, with COVID-19 and stuff. But even in the midst of this, I'm telling you, God will prosper his people and God will protect his people. And, and even those, there are some wonderful people of God that have gone through, uh, that have contracted COVID-19, all that stuff. But let, let me tell you, 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 no matter what hardships you go through, God's going to walk through it with you. So, so don't let your hearts uh, become weary. Don't let your hearts become afraid. Uh, just know that the Lord is going to protect you and have faith in God. That's what we've been talking about lately, having faith in God. Amen. Pam Howell, it is so good to see you. There you are. When I saw you coming up, I've missed you. So it was good to see your smile this morning. And uh, I also want to, I just want to say thank you to Bob and Carrie. We had a good time Friday night, didn't we? It was a precious, precious night. Friday night, uh, Bob and Carrie renewed their wedding vows after 30 years. And uh, they gave me the honor of of officiating. And, um, of course, they they weren't able to do the big shindig that they were wanting to do because of of everything with COVID-19. But it was still, it was a precious time at their house with some family and, and and, and uh, it was it was what was incredible about it, and I just want to speak this out because it's to, to build faith and, and God's power. Uh, boy, we've come a long way since last September when we all gathered in Inspiration Park to cry out to God. And, and while Carrie's life was in the balance, and yet there she was standing with Bob, and I had a front row view, and 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 to hear her audibly with her beautiful voice repeat vows and recommit herself after 30 years, re-up in marriage. And uh, boy, I've missed that voice. But uh, so, so if you get a chance and y'all go extend the, the right elbow of fellowship over there, uh, Carrie, you may get wore out, but, but make sure you hear her voice today. God is, God is bringing her voice back. Amen. And, and uh, Friday was also a day of miracles, not just from the vow renewals, but but Bob was telling us that on Friday, Carrie's, Carrie took three steps on her own for the first time. Amen. That she's on the road. And, and also, another miracle, and Bob was tearing up telling me about this. They, for the first time since they handed Bob her ring, when, when the, the, the emergency workers were, were taking care of her and everything, for the first time, she was able to get her wedding ring back on just in time for the vow renewal. So isn't God good? That's, that's how God works. Amen. Uh, so love you guys. And I just wanted to share that because, because, man, when you have faith in God and you just trust him, now you have to trust his process. If it was up to us, everything would be instant. You know, we would have microwave Christianity, right? 
But there's for some reason, as Erica was talking about, he's a good father. And sometimes we don't agree with the way that he operates. <laughs> we don't agree with the way that he chooses to do things. But he always does it the best way. He always does what is right for us. And there's something about the process that he takes us through. There are times that he will work an instant miracle in your life. And there's times that he takes you on a journey. And that journey is to evolve you into being who you're supposed to be for him. And, and it's, sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's hard. But usually when, you, when you've got some miles under your feet on that journey, you look back and say, Lord, thank you. I didn't understand it at the time, but I'm so glad you did it that way. And it's crazy to say when you're in the fire of it. Amen. So this week we're going to talk. We're we're going to wrap up our look at walking in faith. What it, what is it? You know, the Bible says to walk by faith, not by sight. As believers, we are to walk by faith, by what the Word of God has to say, not by what our eyes always see and what our brains always process. So what does that look like? So we talked about some of the basics of walking in faith. One of the first basics is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You got to do that just for the sake of even salvation, your initial salvation, the Bible says. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ was buried, raised from the dead, you'll be saved. So, so you have to believe. We don't believe with our minds. Our minds are there to process. But you believe in your heart. You believe in a place that, that deals with your emotions and desires. And there's a reason for that we'll get into today. Uh, believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. We need to stop talking about our problems and speak to our problems, right? The next, uh, next thing we talked about is faith doesn't work in an unforgiving heart. Jesus said when you stand praying, if you have something against your brother, drop it, let it go. You've got to learn to forgive. Forgiveness is a form of doubt. So you've got, you've got, to, release, you've got to release unforgiveness. Thirdly, we talked about sometimes you have to believe for things you can't see. A lot of times we say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Faith causes you to believe that you'll see it once you believe. So sometimes you have to believe for things you don't see. Last week we talked about calling the things that aren't as though they were, as what, what God does. Calling the things that aren't as though they were. So sometimes faith calls it like it ain't. <laughs> Excuse the, uh, the vernacular. Uh, faith doesn't always call it like it is. It calls it as it isn't sometimes. Uh, sometimes you just have to stay strong with the word of God. We are to have faith, according to, to uh, Romans chapter 4, we're to have faith the way that Abraham had faith. The Bible said when he had nothing else to hope for, he hoped in faith. Why? Because God made him a promise. And with everything in life didn't line up to that promise, he still chose to believe the promise of God. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about some of those promises because we've been talking about faith now for weeks and weeks. What, well, what are we to believe for? Well, we're going to talk about it. God made a bunch of promises in, in the form of a covenant. And, because, and, and he made that covenant with Abraham and all of his descendants. And because of our faith in Christ, we're grafted. We get to be part of that covenant. We get to be part of that promise. And we're going to dive into it to find out what it means. Okay. So today, to wrap up, what we're going to talk about is you've got to put faith in action. Faith causes a corresponding action. If you are going to walk in faith, you've got to act on it. It's not just good enough to believe it and to speak it, but then you've got to act on it. So in other words, you've got to put feet on your faith. So that's what we're going to talk about today is faith with feet. Uh, starting with 
Mark chapter 11. If uh, All the scriptures are actually on our website. If you go to gatheringviridian.com, click on park service or, or, or morning service, uh, you'll find all these scriptures. Mark chapter 11, starting with verse 22. We've read it several times in the last few weeks. Jesus says to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, here we are speaking something out again, right? Say to this mountain, a mountain represents something that's too big, too wide, too tall, too thick to see through. And sometimes you're going to go through that in life, right? You're going to face things that you just can't see any way around. So don't talk about it, but speak to it. He says, say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. One translation says, if you really believe in your heart that what you say will come to pass, it's going to come to pass. Now look at verse 24. I tell you, you can pray for anything, anything. Everyone say that word, anything. Nothing is too crazy to pray about. You can pray for anything. The Bible says with God, all things are possible to those who believe. You can pray for anything, he says. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Now, all of you who are in education are probably going nuts over this statement that Jesus said because he's getting his verb tenses all weirded out. When you pray, present tense, believe that you've already received it, past tense, and you will receive it, future tense. He's all over the place. That's why he's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God of your past. He's the God of your present, and he's the God of your future. He's in control of it all. When you pray, believe that you've already received it. Now, think about it. You're asking him for something, and then he said, now, believe that you've already see, received it. Well, part of believing, we don't believe with our mind. We process with our mind. We believe, he, says, he keeps saying, believe in your heart. Why? Because he wants you to feel like you've already got it. He wants you to experience and live and act like, like it's already done. Then you will receive it. So part of faith and, and, and we've, we've kind of steered people wrong for a, a number of years because the Bible does say the heart is deceitful. Uh, you, you, you're not supposed to process with your heart. You believe with your heart. You process and make choices with your mind. But you allow your heart at times na to navigate via the Spirit. The Bible also says, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it is the wellspring of life. Why? Because that's what, the, that's what the, the, the enemy wants to attack most is your heart, your sense of hope, your sense of feeling. Jesus said, if you, when you pray, if you believe, if you believe, you believe in your heart. So in your heart, if you feel that you've already received it, if you begin to experience life as if you've already received it, then you're going to receive it. Well, how does that look? That can look all kind of ways. Let me give you an example from my own life. And you may go, oh, Dave, you have lost your mind doing something like that. Well, I, let me tell you, it worked with my faith and it works. I'm telling you, it works. Uh, it was a year ago this month 
that all of a sudden my world kind of blew up and I realized, man, I got to find me a place to live. I got to, I got to sell them. I got to be staying in this neighborhood. Am I, what's going to be going on? And, and the Lord, uh, led me to the townhouse that is now officially the Dave cave. I wasn't sure how it was going to work out. Uh, the Lord was going to have to move on my behalf in some ways. And so I began to pray and I wanted to believe, and you know what he instructed me to do? Well, in order to believe that I've already received the townhouse before I had received it officially, I needed to believe it. I needed to act like it was mine. Now, fortunately, because I, because of the folks I know in the neighborhood, I already knew the person that owned it. So I kind of, I, I warned her, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing. So don't think I'm getting weird and stalking you or anything. Every morning before I left for work, before I left this neighborhood, I would actually drive to that townhouse, pull into the back driveway, stop, pray, put my car in reverse, back out, go down the alley, and then go to work. And when I came home from work, I would come home, pull into the back driveway, stop, pray, back out, go on to where I was living at the time. Why? Because I wanted to feel what it felt like to leave for work from that house. Why? Because I needed to feel what it felt like to have already received that townhouse. There were times that I would go for walks and I would walk past that townhouse and stand on the front porch of it and leave and go walk or continue my walk because I wanted to feel what it felt like to walk away from that townhouse out the front door. Why? Because I needed to believe that I already had that townhouse before I signed the papers on it. Say, wow, that's crazy. Hey, it's actually putting action into my faith, uh, my faith into action. So if you're here, if you say, well, I need God to bless me. Well, the reason why God would bless you is so that you could be a blessing. So you need God to bless you in a specific way. Start blessing people. Start acting as if he's already blessed you. Say, with what? With whatever you got. You remember Moses, Moses, Moses was like with the burning bush. He said, Lord, how am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to go tell Pharaoh to let your people go? How am I going to convince them? God asked him one question. What do you have in your hand? Oh, it's a staff. We'll throw it down. He threw it down, turned it into a snake. In other words, he worked a miracle with just what Moses had in his hand. Jesus fed a multitude out of a kid's lunchbox. God will use whatever you got. Just start putting your faith into action. If you're single and say, oh, I'm believing God for a husband. Well, how about you start setting an extra, uh, an extra place at your table every night? <laughs> an ex- expectation. Make some room in your closet. You know? Decide what side of the bed you're going to sleep on. Do so- In other words, start acting like you believe God. That's really all he's asking us to do. You say you believe me. You, you say you believe him in your heart. You're confessing with your mouth. That's awesome. Now start acting like you believe me. Live your life as if you expect it's going to happen. And don't worry about the details because I'll work it all out for you the way it's supposed to be. Amen? Making sense to anyone? If you need love in your life, start loving people. If you need blessings in your life, start blessing people. You need friends. The Bible says if you want to have friends, show yourself friendly. You want to have friends, start being friendly to people. What are you doing? You're putting your faith into action. Now, Let's go to the book of James, because I know our shade is, the Lord's starting to remove our shade a little bit, and it's starting to heat up. Woo, makes you glad you ain't going to hell, right? <laughs> James chapter 2, starting with verse 14. This is what James, the Apostle James says, says, What good is it, dear friends, 
and, and uh, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? And then he gives this crazy example, right? He says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, and have a good day, stay warm and well-fed, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. Well, what good does that do? Look, we can come to church every night, every day of the week if we want and say, woo, I have faith in God. But if you like walk away and just start, I don't know how things are going to turn out. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how, I don't know if this guy, what am I going to do? And you go back to living a life of doubt. How's that, how's that making a difference at all? How, what good is your faith? So verse 17, so you see, Faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? How can you say you have faith if you ain't putting it into action, right? He says, I will... Sorry, my my, uh, tablet kind of went crazy on me. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. A lot of people say that. Hey, I believe in God. I have faith. He goes on to say, well, good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? He's talking about moving from believing in God to simply believing God. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham, huh, he starts referencing Abraham. That's what we've been doing for weeks, isn't it? Our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see, his faith was complete. Uh, You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scripture says. Abraham believed and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. In other words, his his completed faith, the fact that he not only believed God, but he acted on that belief. He started acting like he believed God. It made him righteous. God accounted it as righteousness. In other words, the word righteous means rightedness. So if, if you move from believing in God and now acting like you're believing in God, taking appropriate actions then he is going to count you righteous. In other words, he's saying, hey, now you are righted. You're thinking right, you're acting right, you're talking right, you're doing right, you're believing right. And so it happened, just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. Jump down to verse 26, actually. It says, just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith dead without good works. We've been talking about faith and believing God and trusting God for weeks. Now God's saying it's time to put it in action. Start living like it. Start acting like it. Otherwise, it's dead. It's useless. It's like a body without breath. What good is a body if you don't have life and breath in it? Now, this is what's going to happen. We're going to wrap up because I know it's starting to get hot. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. When you start putting faith into action, this is what's going to start happening in your life, right? Yeah, let's start with verse three. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Isn't that awesome? That God, he said, I'll I'll, I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. 
So he's provided every need that we need, we have to live the life that he's called us to do. So what are we worried about, right? We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. We're going to talk about those promises in the coming weeks. They're, they're part of his covenant promises to us. He's given us these promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the corruption caused by human desires. That's part of his promises. His promises allows you to share in his divine nature. We serve a creative God, don't we? He wants us to be creative as well. He calls the things that aren't as though they were. He invites us to do the same thing in our life based on his word. He, he's, a, he's a powerful God. He wants his power moving and flowing in you. He's a miraculous God. He wants the miraculous to take place within your life. And he's allowed you through his promises to do this, right? Verse 5, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith. Now, another translation says, exercise your faith. In other words, put into action your faith, right? Got to put some feet on your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. When you start moving your faith into action, your moral excellence will start, start raising up. In other words, there are going to be some things in your life that all of a sudden you just want to let go of. It just doesn't match where your heart is. The Holy Spirit starts saying, ah, yeah, you don't need that anymore. Come on. I want to make you more godly. There are some things that start falling away, shedding away. I actually had someone ask why I don't, why I don't preach a little harder and tougher on certain things so that, that people, people stop living this way or that way. Because I really believe that's the Holy Spirit's job. We'll speak the word, but the Holy Spirit, if someone's walking with him, the Holy Spirit will start convicting you on what you need to give up and what you, what you need to walk away from. And what you need to step away from, right? He says, so supplement or exercise or put into action your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Look what happens next. And with moral excellence, knowledge. Your knowledge of him and how he operates in his kingdom is going to grow. And knowledge, with knowledge, self-control. Woo! How many, how many needs more self-control in your life? And self-control with patient endurance. How many needs more patience in your life? And with patience, endur patient endurance, godliness. And when you start putting your faith into action, he's going to start causing you to become more like him, more Christ-like, godly. And godliness with brotherly affection. You start being nicer to people. Wouldn't that be a change for some folk? Man, some of the, some of the grouchiest people, when, when I've gone through some of the hardest times in my life, some of, the people, some of the people that have blessed me the most are the people of God. And some of the people that have kicked me the hardest are some, <laughs> some of the people of God. Isn't that crazy? But man, when you start putting your faith into action, all of a sudden you just start loving on folks, becoming much more tender, compassionate, Sympathetic and empathetic. And with brotherly affection, love for everyone. One translation says Christ-like love. Ultimately, when you start putting your faith into action, 
you're going to start maturing in all these ways that will wind up allowing you to love people just the way Jesus did. And that's with unconditional love. For God so loved the world, the world contains a whole lot of people. And a lot of those people aren't going to agree with you. They're not going to be like you. They're not going to look like you. They're not going to think the same thoughts as you. They're going to believe a lot of different things other than how you believe. It doesn't matter. Through the power of God and through putting your faith into action, you can learn to love people even when they can't stand you or they don't agree with what you stand for. It doesn't matter. You can still love them. You start losing the, you start losing the desire to debate on Facebook. Woo, wouldn't that be revival in the land? The last people that need to be debating on Facebook is Christians. I've got to defend the truth. Why do you have to defend the truth is truth, whether you defend it or not? I've got to defend God. You, you're going to defend God? God needs defense? I think God stands alone. <laughs> you know, I think his word, the foundations of the word, standeth sure, Paul says. It doesn't matter how crazy the world gets. God's word is solid. We don't have to defend anyone. Well, I don't agree with what they put. Well, you don't have to agree with it. Just love them. You can love on everybody. And you can do it when you start putting your faith into action. Verse 9. Actually, verse 8. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail, now listen, this is why this is why Paul or Peter is trying to encourage everyone to put faith into action, exercise your faith. He says, those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. How many Christians do you know that just come across short-sighted? Man, you you can you can trigger off their anger instantly you can trigger off their judgment judgmental attitudes instantly they say that they trust god but the first sign of trouble they start panicking i don't want to be like that in my life so i want to start putting faith into action in my life verse 10 so dear brothers and sisters work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will grant, will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you don't even have to wait till the sweet by and by for that because the kingdom of heaven isn't just referring to this, some great cosmic city floating out there where we all get to, I, I, I believe in an eternal abode that he has for us. And I got some loved ones that are there and I can't, can't wait when the time comes <laughs> to, to be able to rejoin them. But the kingdom of heaven isn't about eating and drinking or any, any of that, Paul says. It's, it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's stuff that we can experience right now. You can experience the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. And if you'll start putting your faith into action, start acting like you believe him, which means not only believing him for your life, but believing he's going to use you, that he's going to put you into action, that in some way you'll fall into the five-fold ministry. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Somewhere in there, 
God's going to put you into action. Then he'll give you a grand entrance into his kingdom. And you can experience his kingdom right here on earth. That's some good stuff. Amen. So let's put our faith into action. Put some feet on your faith this week. If you're believing God for something, start acting like it. Even if it's crazy enough to pull into someone else's driveway. <laughs> you say what you want, it worked. I'm living in the Dave cave right now. And that's the driveway I leave every day to go to work. Amen. Let's all stand. We're going to pray. We're going to be dismissed. I want you all to get inside before it starts getting too crazy hot. Welcome to Texas. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us all a measure of faith that we can begin to exercise and believe for, for your divine plan for our life. Lord, I, just, I believe for the miraculous to, to manifest in our midst. I believe for your spirit to make himself known and alive and well, right in the families that, that are represented here. But I also believe that when you do walk us through difficult times, that you're taking us through a process to make us more like you and to better our lives. Not in the way that we could imagine, not in the way that the world would have, but in a way that you see fit what's best for us. Lord, bless each and every family that's here today. Strengthen marriages, strengthen family bonds. Lord, just give us grace and protection during this COVID season. Father, we pray that you begin to vanquish and push back this virus in the name of Jesus and give us divine, divine health all throughout our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone have a beautiful Sunday. Make sure you love on folks. Extend the right hand, the right elbow of fellowship and uh, be productive this week. Amen.